Welcome to the Conscious Business Podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and I'm so excited that you're here today. On our podcast, we are going to be talking about the things that inspire you in business to help you create a conscious brand that will not only build credibility and give you more opportunities in your business to thrive, but also help you to create in a deliberate, conscious kind of way. This is a place where meaningful conversations will inspire you to create, pursue, and thrive and shine in business. Margaret, it is so great to have you on here. I am so excited about this episode. There's so much that's going to come through. And I know that you being a radiant woman, a businesswoman, and also someone that is so conscious and so aware, I'm sure that there will be things that come up that is unexpected. And I'm really looking forward to my listeners listening to this episode. Wow. What an absolute honor it is, Phoebe, to be here with you. And, you know, thank you so much for creating this platform for people to come in and share and, you know, just spend this quality time with you. I really appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And like you say, it, it is all about the quality time that we have together and also the quality conversations because these authentic quality conversations is where really valuable conversations and things and insights happen and at Thrive and Shine Co we are all about sharing that with the community. So Margaret before we begin I'd love to know what was your morning routine? What was the thing that helped you kickstart the day today and get into this beautiful abundant nature that you're in? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's super important to, you know, build that for yourself. Me personally, um, it's taken a bit of trial and error, but what works for me in the morning, first thing is breath work. You know, for me, it's something that I value and treasure and, you know, we can all do that. So I start every single day with breath work and then I go into a meditation because breathing into the day allows me to just download my thoughts and get present and become, you know, just at one within myself. After the meditation, I come out of that and I have my cold shower. So for people that haven't done that in Melbourne winter, it's extra challenging. But the benefits of doing that is, you know, and you'll reset basically to keep it really short without going too deep into that. And then I do what's known as quantum flow, which is a manifestation embodiment practice. And you, again, shift the energy rewired from the cold shower itself. And I do that every morning. It's about a, you know, 30 to 40 minute ritual, depending on how much time I want to spend there. Uh, And my day usually starts 4 to 5 a.m. because that's where I found, you know, for me works best. Do I stay awake after that? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But that's the beauty about working for yourself. You can actually decide how you start and launch into the day. So, yeah, that's how I set myself up daily. (laughs) That is so awesome, Margaret. And I really love that you start your day with cold showers because, believe it or not, my grandpa Growing up, he did exactly the same. In fact, in the morning, he would wake up, have his cold shower, slap his chest like, you know, like a chimpanzee or a monkey. And you'd hear that from downstairs. And it was always known because my grandpa's a Chinese doctor and it was known that that would help improve blood circulation and your immune system. And look, he's still alive today and he's over 90 years old. So I really believe that stuff works. 
100%. You know, sometimes when I don't do the quantum flow, I actually embody Qigong. And so, you know, I really resonate with the practices that your grandfather is still doing this today. And I do truly believe that, you know, what he's doing, which is activating, you know, the heart center just by pounding on his chest, like gorillas did, is one of the reasons why he's still, you know, thriving and loving life to this day. So thank you for sharing that, you know, for people that are listening. It's something that you can simply do. So I encourage you to explore that. Yeah. So Margaret, I'd love to know what is it exactly that you do with your clients? I mean, you know, where I always see you on social media having what looks like the time of your life. It hardly looks like any day is ever difficult for you. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and what life looks like as you know, a practitioner helping, you know, helping people with quantum flow. Yeah. So, you know, my journey has been obviously quite a rocky road. What you see on social media is 100% raw and real me as it is. You know, I truly believe that returning to your natural state and really being just you, my, you know, my biggest philosophy in life is just be you, you know, whatever that is. I guess for me, it started with my own journey. You know, you're always your own first client. And I truly believe that, you know, by integrating yourself, you're then able to attract and help so many others in the journey that they're in based on, you know, the step that you've taken. For me personally, I went on a journey to, you know, uncover many things that I had experienced in childhood. So my passion in how I help people is really redirecting them to their natural state by revisiting their own steps and retrace as a child to to realise what it is that's blocking them, that's limiting them, that's just basically created a field where abundance isn't flowing in Naturally. So I guess, you know, if I was to summarize that in one sentence, I help people open their hearts, which then helps them to open their minds. And then that then creates, you know, pathways for them to, you know, open doors to new avenues in life. And that for me personally, that's happened in the spaces of 10 areas in life from health to wealth to passion to purpose you know finding what it is that I love to do was me doing the inner work and going deep within myself to then unlock and release what it is that I see in other people you know sometimes we struggle to see our own gifts and this is what I love to do with people I love to encourage compliments for example like you and I when we met there was just this beautiful radiant energy of sister love I remember the first time we connected and it was like oh my god where have you been all my life you know yeah but that's what I love to do it's just I guess coming from you know trauma to transformation is the journey that I love taking people on and seeing them go from you know crisis to courage is the steps that I've been through myself and I like to take people on so yeah that's my passion open heart and open mind it's really simple but then that's my philosophy on how I teach as well really simple keep it super simple Absolutely. Kiss. Margaret, one of the things that really attracted me to you when we first met, and it was funny because I'll never forget the night I accidentally dialed you on Messenger. And I think it was like 10.30 at night and I was calling my partner who back then was living in Sydney and I, I was here in Melbourne and um, had accidentally called you somehow instead. And we just ended up having this like raw deep conversation and we just rolled with it and it was so awesome it was so much fun but one of the things that really attracted me was the fact that you have this 
humongous backstory. This, uh, you know, and I'd love for you to share that with us today if you can. But you've come from this huge victory where you have been through, you know, from the lowest point to what I now see is, you know, you're living, you're thriving and you're authentically living life. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and what you've been through? Absolutely. I still get, you know, my heart rising when I think about it. <laughs> Just to to go back to the very beginning, my background is actually Cambodian and I was born into a refugee camp in Thailand during the, the end of the Pol Pot era. Um, you know, my first steps in life were basically moving to Italy. And so I spent the first eight years of my life there. You know, fast forward again, that was my first language. I transitioned into womanhood and, you know, life starts to happen for you as you grow into your, you know, childhood and then teenagehood and adulthood. And I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but I'll summarize it this way. If there are some things that shouldn't happen within the cycle of a human life, I've experienced most of them. And that can cause emotional chaos, emotional trauma insecurity, instability. You know, I went through things that many people can relate to and I was hurting. I was really hurting. In 2017 was the final cherry on top. I hit rock bottom. I was at the lowest point and vibration and frequency of my life. Just prior to that, I thought I had everything, you know, uh, what looks like on the outside to most people as success, you know, a, a relationship and, you know, Everything was set up perfectly, but overnight, due to circumstances that were out of my control, it got flipped upside down. And I ended up in a situation where I didn't know who I was anymore. You know, I was going to the shops and buying things that were basically, I'm like, why am I even buying white bread? I don't even like white bread. My identity just completely shifted because I had no idea who I was. I was always, and I realized that I was always codependent, reliant on other people and just really had no idea who my true identity was. Um, so one of those things was being alone. You know, I was really scared of just doing things on my own. It was quite frightening to um, even think about doing life alone. You know, I've always had like support around me, but I realized that I need to find out who it is that I am at heart. And one of the things that I'd never done before that was travel because, again, I was scared if it wasn't with somebody or with friends or family, I wouldn't do it. You know, that fear just took over actually living. I was just in the space, but not really doing any. I was just existing, right? So I made a decision. I thought I'm going to go because this is how I feel at the lowest point and vibration of my life to literally meet that on earth. I decided to go to the Dead Sea in Israel. And if you've ever been there, it's like, you know, meters and meters below sea level. I can't even remember the exact amount now, but it was there, funnily enough, at the Dead Sea that I came to life again. You know, there was a moment there where I thought to myself, I just want to float to the bottom. That's how vibrationally, that's how low I felt in life because physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically, spiritually, financially, I was crushed. Everything that could go wrong went wrong in 2017. But it was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to really look in the mirror and really seek deep within myself to find how much I really had within me. You know, you hear people say it all the time and it's such so ironic. Everything you have is within you. But it's in those moments where you're completely on your own, you know, and you have nothing and nobody except 
your soul's desire to drive you forward, you know, the courage inside you to inspire you to move forward. And, um, yeah, look, that's just one of the travel stories. So I really encourage people to, you know, at the moment it's a bit difficult to travel, but when you can, if you can't travel outside of yourself, Take the plunge and dive deep within yourself because what you'll find is an amazing, incredible, beautiful human being. And that's where, you know, my my line came from. You know, you've been planted, grow, darling. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You know, I here I was in my mid-30s thinking life was about to take this direction, but then life happens, you know. And as you know, the universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you what you need, and that's exactly what I needed at the time to make that pivot in my life. So I'm so grateful. Wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but I wouldn't change a single thing. I love hearing that story every time. In fact, when you were talking, I actually felt chivers. And, you know, it's just so, so, so cool that you have found your purpose, even though you had to go through so much hardship and you have obviously come out the other end thriving and you have you're in your ikigai, work so hard, so many years, decades uh, of hard work, and they still don't know how to find their purpose or if they're on the right path. So for those who are listening, who might be wondering to themselves, well, you know, how do I know if I'm, if I've found my purpose or if, you know, if I'm in my ikigai, like how do people know that? Yeah, look, there is no right way or wrong way to do life. You really have to trust that no matter where you are in life, it's the perfect moment right there and then. If you if you think that there is one direction, I promise you there isn't. There's many directions. That's the beautiful part. You know, I hear a lot of people saying, I don't know, I don't know. And that's a good thing because if you don't know, you also know that there is, you know, an opportunity to find that for yourself. To be honest, it took a lot of deep inner work for me to find my ikigai. And for people that are listening that aren't aware or familiar with the word ikigai, it's a Japanese word that stands for your reason and purpose for being, you know. And for me personally, it it started with the travel. I really stepped out of my own comfort zone of being codependent and reliant and, you know, leaning on the comfort zones, which I call the decay zone. You know, nobody thrives there. You grow into something, but it's not your natural self. I promise you that, Mark. It was in 2018 when I went to Japan to, and that was at the end of my, you know, I had worked with a coach for eight weeks to really just heal, start the healing process of going within and uncovering the patterns within myself that were causing me to attract this into my life. You know, you are the creator of your reality. So whatever is going on within your mind is going to represent on the external world for you. And it wasn't until the end of my healing journey that I and I went to Japan that I realized that I was in alignment with my ikigai. So there is no right way or wrong way about you know getting there. It's just a matter of taking a step day by day, whatever that is for you. You know, you guys heard my morning routine. It wasn't always like that. I wasn't even a morning person back then. You know, I thought five a.m. You guys are crazy. You know, but um, I guess what the the advice that I can give to people is. 
speak to somebody or speak to a few people or have a look out there for people that are doing something with within parts of yourself that you see and want to emulate. You know, they say the traits of the greats are something that you see because it's within you. So it's about unlocking whatever that is for you. And sometimes it's hard to be the observer of yourself if you don't have that perspective or you don't have, you know, the freedom to come from a space of creation versus survival. If you can do that, you will be able to slowly and it's not an easy or fast process or maybe it is for you. It just depends on who you are, where you're at in life. But if there's things that you need to heal and if you think that if there's things that you need to uncover, the only thing I have to say about that is just take the steps, you know, take it day by day. There's no timeline. There's no deadline. It's like your life is what you create it to be. So, yeah, I guess in summary, the advice is just learn to trust your intuition and go with what your heart says. Your compass is your heart. You know, a lot of people and even, you know, Tony Robbins says, if you're in your head, you're dead. It's absolutely right. The biggest journey, the biggest project of your life is to make that transition from thinking into feeling and coming from the space of your heart to really embody who it is that you are at heart. That is so awesome. And being a quantum flow practitioner, I'm sure you see a lot of recurring themes and people would come to you for so many different reasons. What would you say is something that is one of the most common or major blockages for your clients, especially the ones that are in business? For me, I see that there are a lot of business owners that aren't clear on you know, their vision or what they want to do or their message. So I think the biggest block is that I found within people that have come to me, you know, for, to basically elevate themselves in in their careers and business is that they still have parts of themselves that are, have conflict within them. You know, there's still that doubt. There's still, even though they're on the outside, they're thriving, they're, you know, they look like they've got it all together, everything's going amazing. There's still days within them where, they feel unworthy or they feel like, you know, they're sort of, oh, who am I to do that? I'm not, you know, I'm not Tony Robbins or I'm not Gary Vee or I'm not, you know. And here's what I do with people in the quantum flow method. So for those of you that aren't aware of what quantum flow is, quantum flow is an embodiment practice which basically allows you to manifest into your reality what it is that sits in your heart. That's the really short version of what quantum flow is. But sometimes people uh, won't respond to it. And all of these people that come through have coaches. You know, they've got somebody they're working with and and that's great. But sometimes what's missing is the, the physical activation of what's going in within them cognitively. Some people respond to NLP. I don't, you know, some people respond to many different modalities that are out there, but at the end of the day, quantum flow is all about allowing people to return to their natural state and activate their inner wild child. When we're children, and this is what I believe, we're here to imagine, create, and play. Imagine the world that you want to thrive and live in, create the world that you want to basically be and bring to life in, and then play, like, you are player one, you know, just like we did as kids. Whatever your playing field is, whether it's the real estate industry or the accounting industry or the coaching industry, 
people have forgotten to go back to their natural childlike state. And, you know, if when I take people through the quantum flow method, they lose themselves in that. And that's the whole purpose, you know, allowing yourself to surrender and lose the control and not allow the monkey mind to come in and just allow your unconscious mind to naturally unfold what it is and who you are at heart it is what we're supposed to be doing. Because sometimes people don't realize that their unconscious patterns show up in life and that until you highlight that to them, um, they're, they're constantly in like a, a hamster wheel. It's not always self-destructive, but then making that link for them and showing them that there is a bridge that can take you from A to Z a little bit smoother than the route that you're taking now is um, something that they can walk away with. And everyone has different needs for, and I take people through uh, a different process because it's not one method, you know, it's not like a whole bunch of structured things that I make people do, for example. It's intuitive. So if someone's coming to me because they have anxiety, I'll spend more time with them, allowing them to become in the present moment and, you know, work on the on the present. But if somebody's coming to me for fear, I'll spend more time with them, you know, burning down the limitations and getting them out of their monkey mind and realizing and just integrating that within themselves. So it really depends on the person. So yeah, I've worked with a few people who I've got testimonials on my website and they can share that with you that have had gone from fear, blocked, just unfulfilled, unhappy to just getting clients the next day because they've gotten out of their own way. And that's the whole purpose and intention of the process to basically get yourself out of your head, into your heart, and just imagine, create and play. That sounds awesome. And I think that a lot of people, when it comes to finding their ikigai, uh, really discover it when they've done the inner work and they've gone and, you know, understood themselves, understood you know, gone through a journey. And and I recently spoke to a business owner who said that he only found his purpose in the last two, three years. And this man is like 20 years older than me. Uh, I think he's somewhere in his 50s. So, you know, it, it can happen at any stage in life for people. But I love that. And thank you so much for answering uh, the next question, which was what is quantum flow? Uh, because I was going to ask you that. And Finally, Margaret, I'd love to know what does being a quantum flow practitioner actually involve and how can people who want to do the line of work that you do, how can they incorporate that into their coaching? So becoming a quantum flow practitioner first involves actually embodying the practice yourself. You know, I see and hear a lot of things out there that are available to people to, you know, manifest things. But here's the thing. If you're not actually living in alignment and in congruency with what it is that you're sharing, it's not going to show up in your life. So quantum flow, even before you get the opportunity to go in to become a practitioner, there is a embodiment phase of 14 days. So, you know, for people that are interested in learning about the practice, do that. Immerse yourself for 14 days and I can take you through the process or direct you where you can do that to make sure that you're actually willing to do the work, you know, and actually embody that. I mean, it's one thing to say that you're a coach and have great social media marketing and all of that, but it's actually another thing to be able to take someone through the process and, you know, get them the result that they want. And here's the thing, you are going to attract mirrors of yourself. So if you have 
haven't done the work within yourself and you've got a client in front of you that's got a conflict within them or an emotional that they haven't equalized or, you know, traits and parts about them that they haven't, uh, that you haven't quite figured out about yourself, that's going to cause conflict because your state is going to come up and you're not going to be able to service them effectively based on, you know, your emotions coming up. So it's really about quantum flow is all about leaning in like deep within yourself to embody and neutralize your state so that no matter who shows up for you, you know that you understand the process and that you are embodying the practice every single day and that you are living in alignment with your highest purpose or your telos or your ikigai. You're doing exactly what it is that you've been planted here on earth and how you serve is showing up in your everyday life. Is life perfect every single day? If anybody tells you that, they're lying. It's absolutely not, you know, but I guess, yeah, in summary, quantum flow is sounds like you know, quantum is a word that's thrown around a lot these days, but it really is an embodiment practice for the individual to really reach a state within their lives where they become the identity of whatever it is that they're here to be, you know, not to do, to be. Who are you being? Who are you showing up in life as? And how do you take that and teach somebody else and gently nurse and guide them into the process and the practices and the lifestyle that they want. Amazing. Love it. Margaret, thank you so much for sharing all that with us. I've just got some rapid fire questions to ask you now before we end this podcast. And, um, you know, with these questions, and I'm sure you will nail it, but all all we ask is that you tell me whatever is the first thing that comes to mind and that you don't overthink it, which I'm sure you won't. So first of all, who is it that inspires you, Margaret? The first person that activated me was John Martini. You know, I went to one of his seminars and he spoke about the seven fears and seven areas of life. And I just thought, who is this guy? And, you know, second to that is Dr. Joe Dispenza. You know, he was the one that activated my heart. I was able to go into deep meditation and visualize and understand the formula, which is clear intention, elevated emotion equals your personal reality. Funnily enough, you know, they, uh, yeah, they embody and teach in the very same manner. I think what I respect and love about both is that they've been able to take decades of neuroscience, epigenetics, quantum physics, and all of those beautiful subjects that I really relate to and wrap it up into a little box and deliver it in a way that the everyday person can absorb, integrate, and embody. It's not difficult and it's not supposed to be, you know, to be your natural self. And I truly believe and resonate with the way that they deliver and communicate. For them, what I love the most is that they don't encourage you to be anybody. They encourage you to be you. And that is the most beautiful person that you can show up as, authentically you. Love it. And what can you not do a day without? Breathe. And this is the thing about breathing. So many people actually have forgotten, like children do, how to actually breathe properly. You know, if you watch a child breathing, And the reason I say breathing as well is because when I was born into the refugee camp, there were many times where I stopped breathing. I was born premature. So the doctor literally had to hold me upside down by my leg and teach me how to breathe again. So watch a child when they're breathing. You know, I think one of the reasons, for example, dogs have a short lifespan is because they live life in a state of stress. Look at how they pump, right? 
But for me, this is why it's the first thing I do every morning. I take eight deep breaths in and I really, really lean into the day with the power of the breath because that really grounds me and allows me to see that that is the miracle every day. That is the simplicity of your heart beating and the breathing consciously. Yeah, it's just, I guess <laughs> so passionate about it. I'm getting nervous talking about breathing. <laughs> I love it. Breathe, (laughs) Margaret. It's okay. (laughs) And finally, my last question, and look, I think think your answer was perfect. I mean, we definitely can't live a day without breathing. And, you know, you you just mentioned you start your day with breath work. So thank you for that, Margaret. And my last one and last final question is, what's one thing that you want the audience or the listeners to take away? Or what's one message that you want to share with the listeners today? Yeah, the thing that resonates with me personally is if I want to be free, I simply have to be me. Simple as that, you know, because I truly believe that there are so many expectations and learnings and, you know, challenges and everything's coming at you. But if you can really go into a space within yourself when you're not thinking from your head, because sometimes and most of the time it's not even your thoughts, it's not even your voice. If you can get yourself into a state every single day through whatever practices resonate for you, maybe the cold shower doesn't work, that's fine. You know, do something within yourself to return to your natural state and allow your heart to be your compass. Allow that to guide your decision in every area of life. Is it going to be smooth sailing? Absolutely not. But the purpose and intention of being a human being is to enjoy the experience that we have, you know, in the journey between what's guaranteed, birth and death. We're not going to deny that. that that's 100%, you know, what's happening. But in between, nothing matters. Everything counts. So make every single breath and every single moment that you have to share with yourself and with other people count because when people look back a hundred years from now, you know, you're going to think about your, think about your life for a hundred years from now. What do you want to be remembered for? What are your great, great, great grandchildren going to look back and say, you know, about you, Phoebe, you know, Phoebe was this amazing human being who created this empire called Thrive Shine and Co because she wanted to get people's voices out there, you know, and allow them to open up and be who they are and shine within their space. And, I guess, yeah, in summary, that that's what I think we should all be. Not sure, I don't even like that word. We can all choose to do and be. Thank you so much, Margaret. That is such a phenomenal message to share and I'm so grateful to have you on this show. Guys, for anyone that wants to hear more about Margaret's journey or to connect, uh, Margaret, what would be the best way for our listeners to connect with you? I am available on social media, Instagram. My email is internallyflawless2020 at gmail.com. I've got a new website coming to life in the next uh, month or so, and that is neomastery.com. But otherwise, if uh, you want to connect with me and you're not on socials, contact Phoebe and she'll be able to make that connection between us. Awesome, Margaret. I will pop your social media handles in the show notes as well. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode where Margaret Lee and I talk about finding your ikigai and your purpose and how to live and breathe being authentically you. It has been such a pleasure. And if you want to hear more, make sure that you stay tuned and also jump on social media We look forward to coming to you with more episodes coming to you soon. Have a lovely day.